Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself how I want to begin this live post-fight show. Calling UFC the champion has a name. <laughs> Say it, Mike. Say it. Accept it. I'm laughing. I'm thinking. There's so many emotions going I'm on. Jacked. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm the jacked. victory horns are sounding. The belt is not where it is on this photo. The belt actually belongs to the man, to Israel Adesanya's right. Because, folks, mark this date. Sean effing Strickland is the middleweight champion of the world. And this was no flash knockdown. This was no banana peel. This was no luck. This was no fluke. Sean Strickland dominates Israel Adesanya. 49-46 on all three judges' scorecards. He thumps Israel Adesanya. He knocks him down. Almost finishes him. Loses the second round. It's 1-1 heading into round three. And then Sean Strickland wins the next three rounds. He's yelling at Israel Adesanya at the end of the fight. And we realized with like two minutes left in the fifth round, nothing Israel Adesanya is going to do on this day, on this night, in that building is going to be enough to stop the momentum, the train of one Sean Strickland, who is the middleweight champion of the world. Wow. Welcome to the program, everybody. I am Mike Heck. I knew something weird was going to happen. I felt it if you watched the watch party. And now we are living in this world. Time to react to it. And who better to join me in this reaction than my bald brethren, the Wiseworth wordsmith, Shaheen Alshadi. Hello, Shaheen. <laughs> I'm just sitting here cackling. I tried so hard to not not step over your intro. That's dude, we're we're we've entered idiocracy. Like this is this is crazy. This is this is beautiful. Like MMA is the stupidest sport in the world, and I love it so much. I love it so very much. I have no idea what's going on. And the man that was 
he's been wanting to live in this world. He was hoping he was trying to will it into existence, almost even got around to saying and predicting and betting on Sean Strickland winning the title. You just couldn't do it. But sometimes gambling and winning bets, it just is not the same feeling as you get when you watch Sean Strickland become the middleweight champion. Is it Jed Mishu? I mean, can you even put a price tag on how you're feeling right now? No, um, I want to be clear. This is a joyous day. Um, this is the funniest thing that's ever happened um, in in the sport of mixed martial arts. When I said it coming in, I was like, you know, this has been 2023 has been just a hilarious year. Um, all of the funniest outcomes keep happening. I was like, what if, what if we'd really be living in the upside down if Sean Strickland won? But like, wouldn't it be, I think I wrote in a round table this week of wouldn't it be the most MMA thing in the world for the UFC who finally got like a, a, a true contender for Israel Adesanya. You had the Alex Pereira rivalry and that's now over. And somehow you risk it all. You put DDP in there against Robert Whitaker in a bout that everybody said, except for me, was dumb and risky. And then he wins and he's number one with a bullet. And then they're like, what if, what if we just, this safe? Is so safe. Izzy could never lose this, and we can still have this wonderful matchup afterwards. And then it's the most MMA thing in the world for Izzy to just fall into an ass whooping. Oh, guys, it's just incredible. Guys, what is going on? I am torn. I'm torn between loving so much of this and knowing that when the high of this wears off, the new greatest regret in my life. It won't be something I said, a girlfriend I broke up with, uh, uh, the fact that I had a rat tail for way too much of my youth. The greatest regret I will have in my life is that I did not choose to believe in Sean Strickland on this night because I would live forever if I had just picked Sean Strickland to win this fight. And that's but my consolation prize is we still live here, guys. We still have this nonsense. It's the best. How long oh did you God, have a rat man. tail? A long time. We don't need, That's going to derail us, and we need to keep our eyes focused. No, no, no. On I, the over under. Champion. Over under five years. Over, over. Whatever your number is going to say, the answer is going to be over. Over under ten years. I had it into high school, Sean. Wow. This isn't even news. I dropped this on Morning this Combat the, the other week. Night of my life. This is just hilarious. What a year! For, what a what a stretch for Sean. Sean O'Malley, Sean Strickland, my guy over here, Sean O'Shaughnessy. It's just the the balds, the Shans. We're all crushing it. Do you have, do you have to change how you spell Sean now? Do you? Is there's one I mean, true Sean? <laughs> I mean, my name's not actually Sean, so I guess I can just like alter it. I think you can just do it. Yeah, I think I got the SEAN now. Yeah. Just out of respect for the guys. Shaheen, it is 2.21 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning, and we are living in a world where not only is Sean Strickland the middleweight champion, he is, barring something absolutely insane, this man is going to be the consensus fighter of the year. Like all of this just happened tonight. So I guess – we saw the knockdown in the first round. We saw Izzy come back in round two. <laughs> Holy shit, I didn't think of that, Mike. Oh, my God, I didn't even think oh, of that. He's the clear front runner. He, like, it, he's like it's him. Player, yeah. a big Whoa, he's it. He's it. There's nothing. you can, There will be people who make the case for John. 
if John beats Stipe, but no, he's it. You're absolutely right. This is incredible. He, he, it's him and it's just a big gap. He's 3-0. and oh. Like this is, that's the world we're living in. I mean, so he is 3-0, and oh, but so one of those three is Abus Magomedov. So like. Still, okay. dude, it doesn't matter. Oh, he did I mean, this tonight. Dude, he's the dude. I'm, this, I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. One of us is going to have to write about Sean Strickland, the freaking 2023 fighter of the year. It'll probably be me. I usually do the fighter of the year ones. It's the best. Oh, God. <laughs> oh in the same year that Izzy's going to win knockout of the year for the Pereira, like, ah, exercised his demons, all is right with the world. And friggin' six months later, he gets freaking bagged up by Sean Strickland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sport is not real. Shaheen, when did you when did you start to accept the fact that Sean Strickland was going to be the middleweight champion? Because Sean gets the big knockdown in round one. All three judges gave Izzy round two, and we're even heading into the third round. We're thinking, all right, this is when the tides are going to turn. Like Izzy didn't really respect Sean's power. Now he respects it. Wins the second round. Didn't do a whole hell of a lot in that second round. And we're just wondering when he's going to wake up. And then round three happens. And then round four happens. And at worst, heading into round five, even though it was pretty doubtful, at worst, it was 2-2. But it was most likely 3-1 to one on most people's eyes. But when – do you remember the moment when you thought to yourself, dude, this is happening. Like we – Sean Strickland's going to win the belt. He's He's got it tonight. When did you realize it? I don't even when the fight ended, it felt to me like there was they were going to mess up the decision or something. Right. Like it felt like we just weren't going to live in a world where this was the actual outcome. And then it would have just been the biggest robbery of all time. And we would have just been going on and on about that. And Izzy would have tried to move on the whole dude. I What the what the hell is going on? This is crazy, man. This is crazy. Right. Like, so let's try to put this into context. Because I mean, we've been we've talked a lot throughout this week, and I mean, we weren't the only ones who were very dismissive of an outcome like this, right? Like, we there's plenty of receipts right now on the internet for us, for everyone else who works within the space, probably for every fan who tweets about this or, or Instagrams about this or anything. Anybody who puts content into the world telling your thoughts about MMA, there's probably some receipts of you being wrong right now. It's just it's a very bizarre scene. And earlier this week, we were at we did a roundtable. And the question was essentially like, is this, would this be the biggest upset of all time? And as I was sitting there thinking about it, I came around to the idea that, you know, like it would be a big upset, maybe top 10 upsets in UFC history, but it wouldn't be top three. To me, top three was at that moment in time was Michael Bisbing over Rockhold, number three, Pena over Nunes at number two, and then obviously Sarah GSP at number one. And it, all of those conversations the context of the upset was like, well, something like that almost happened at the end of round one, right? Like a Sean Strickland goes out there, knocks out Israel Adesanya with some crazy just shot. It's just this big, almost like you can something that one-off thing that you could call a fluke that people would be calling a fluke, a Matt Sarah-esque type of performance. That's not what this was though, right? Like that's not what this was whatsoever. And now as I sit here and I think about this all over again of like, how how does this rank within the history of UFC upsets? Where is the, where, how do we put this in context within the history of this sport? I feel like I'm really coming around to I was wrong initially because I just didn't fathom the actual 
reality in front of us of Sean Strickland going out there and dominating Israel Adesanya in a thorough one-sided beatdown in a fight that featured zero wrestling whatsoever, zero takedown attempts, and was contested solely on the feet for 25 straight minutes, and Sean Strickland just straight up outstruck Israel Adesanya. He confused him, he outpressured him, he outlanded him, and he by far landed them before me more meaningful shots and just frankly one in every aspect you could win in the fight that hadn't occurred to me as a possibility that could happen mike uh so as we're sitting here i don't know man it feels like it's certainly a top five upset of all time uh if i give give me a few more days to, to think it over i might end up displacing something in that top three and putting it in top three because this is just frankly ridiculous in only the way that mma can be uh, we have now a couple years stretch of just a, a continued amount of really crazy, unexpected results that we have seen over and over and over again. And it, it should teach you that, you know, you should never be too sure about these type of things. But then we continually get surprised over and over like we are right now. And it's just, I mean, man, I don't know. For a long time, the two best middleweights in the world were Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, and then a giant gap. And then you could go tell whoever you wanted for three, four, five. And right now, I think there's a very legitimate case that the two best middleweights in the world, at least in terms of wins and resume currently, are Sean Strickland and Drickus Duplessis, which is just a bizarre thing that came out of my mouth that is real. So, you know, take for that what it, what you will. What a night, man. What a night. Janet, as, you know, as fun and as, I guess, funny as this all is, uh, one of the things that especially led me to feeling so confident in Izzy was not just the stylistic matchup, but it's the fact that look, Sean's just one speed. He's going to push forward. He's going to throw a million punches and that he's just, that's just who he is. This fight, the pressure was there. He was in Izzy's face the entire time, but he was very patient. Like I think Izzy was expecting him to be a lot more aggressive and the, the game plan they came up with was brilliant. And Sean actually like, played it out to a T like was very patient when 90 seconds left in each round went, you could hear Eric Nixick start screaming like, all right, go, 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 go. And that's why we saw the big knockdown in the first round. We saw him have the big moments at the end of the rounds. So that was like a huge thing for me. Like Sean's going to have, they're going to have a good game plan. Eric Nixick, especially with this win is on the Mount Rushmore of head coaches in MMA. In my opinion, there's no, there's no argument anymore after this, but what was your biggest takeaway from Sean's performance overall? Because the pay, the pressure was there, but the patience, his ability to just let Izzy try to come to him somehow and then counter off of Izzy, it's pretty pretty wild, man. I, it was super impressive. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much to talk about in this fight. Uh, the biggest <laughs> takeaway from the fight, um, outside of just how fucking funny it is, man. Um, I look, we're gonna have to. We're going to have – not now. We got to circle back to this in a bit. I think this is a top three funniest fight I've ever watched in my life. But the biggest takeaway I had as I'm watching Sean Strickland uh, teach Israel Disney how to box, and there are many takeaways. I think the biggest one will be positive. This is a positive takeaway because I got some negative ones here as well. The positive one is this. Uh, Sean Strickland fought to the game plan, which even heading in, you know, he and his coach were like, yeah, not necessarily always something Sean's going to do in there. Uh, and mostly that he was exceptional defensively. Um, like defense doesn't win, cha you know, championships in MMA, but it damn sure won this one. Like you heard Izzy say it uh, to his corner between the fourth and the fifth round. 
like, hey, I can't find my jab. I can't hit him. And that's Izzy's game is a lot of, you know, getting low kicks going, getting the jabs going, setting those as rhythm based weapons to get into the quote unquote flow state or whatever. And he just couldn't do it. There was none of that working for him. And Strickland wasn't just launching himself onto counter shots like Whitaker did in their first fight. So he, I cannot believe this, but going into this fight, I was like, I, I think a direct quote that I repeated in several programs was, I do not see how Sean Strickland can consistently generate offense. And in fact, the exact inverse is true. Izzy couldn't consistently generate offense. Strickland just never let him get going in any way. And then when Izzy would get frustrated because he wasn't getting things to happen or would try and swing a little harder, find a counter shot, Strickland would counter the counters. He was just miles ahead of him the whole way through. I don't, I don't know, man. Um, no one knows anything. This is the best. And uh, we have a million other things to talk about in this fight. So we don't need to talk about Sean Strickland's defense, but it was really, really damn good. And I, that's it. I don't know what else to say, man. This is nuts. I just it really quickly, fun. I want to, I want to add on what you just said there, Mike. We need to give all the credit in the world to Eric Nixick because I, I know, like, we don't talk about coaches a lot when it comes to these type of conversations. This man has been one of the best coaches in MMA for a while now, but this, like, tonight, to be able to pull off what they pulled off. Like this is his master class, right? Like this is his master stroke. Like this is this, this is, is Mona Lisa. This is, yeah, man. Like this is incredible, man. To be able to pull this off, like you call you say he's on the Mount Rushmore of MMA coaches. I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. Like he is one of the best coaches in the entire space, and it and to consistently be able to pull off the type of results he does. If this, like, you know, we're living in crazy land at this point. We're living in fairy tale land. Who knows what even happens? And I'm pretty sure this is a simulation at this point. If Francis Ngannou goes out there and knocks oh out Tyson Fury next month, Eric Nixon I'm, can I'm is just. It. I want to be clear. I'm picking it right now. Eric Nixon is just really Zeus. Like, that's all he is. He's just throwing up thunderbolts and doing whatever he wants. Like, he's the second coming of Zeus, and I'm never going to doubt him again because what the fuck? What are we even doing anymore? Nothing makes sense. Dude, dude, think about the difference in those two champions, right? Like I'm a moron and I'm pretty <laughs> confident that I could coach Francis Ngannou to win the heavyweight title. <laughs> like you just roll him out there. You know, it's, it's like John Wooden. You don't need to coach him. You just, Hey, Kareem, just go score a hundred points. We're going to be okay. Like you could do that with Francis. I don't. There are two people alive, maybe, who could have turned Sean Strickland into UFC champion. What the hell is going on, <laughs> Shaheen? When you said at the way, you know, back, I don't. You're getting talked into. This is the second biggest upset of all time. I know that there are going to be a lot of people in on Nunes Pena or whatever. No, it's Sarah GSP, and it's this right here because this dude was a minus 220 favorite over abus magomedov and now he is the champion of the world against probably the second greatest middleweight of all time i just i, I, I can't get there so yet much i can't get there yet because dude. i mean ultimately and we'll talk about this soon because i'd imagine we're talking about what comes next but like israel adesanya however you want to frame it i agree second greatest middleweight of all time he's still someone who has lost two out of his last three. So I can't get there to the second biggest upset of all time, but it's God, 
damn, it's close, Shaheen, man. Again, I, I'm sorry. I gave him. I didn't give him enough credit. I guess. Um, I want to be clear. He, when I say that he was a minus two fifty favorite, he's actually a minus one fifty favorite over Abus Magomedov. And checking the watch, that was six weeks ago. <laughs> six weeks ago, he was a minus one fifty favorite over a random body, and he just beat Izzy. <laughs> It's the biggest upset I've ever seen. It's not St. Pierre, Sarah. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. So uh, t- I'm going to frame this a little bit differently, Shaheen, because the title of our preview show was... Is Sean Strickland upsetting Israel Adesanya the most chaotic result in UFC history? Now that you've seen it, and now we see what this division could look like, and we'll talk about the what's next and where this could all go. But with like the winners, the losers, the contenders that were coming up, the contenders that are still coming up, is this the most chaotic result that you can remember in UFC history following a pay-per-view? That's a tough question. I would say no, just because... People forget Matt Sarah won a title shot against George St. Pierre off a reality show. Like that, that was chaos. That's chaos incarnate, what Matt Sarah did way back when. It's a different, it's a different landscape, though, right? Like this, you're certainly like this is a much more mainstream version of it. This this division felt like it was set up to actually start getting really crazy after this fight, right? Like on the on the previous show, I called this a bridge fight because it felt like all the best stuff was about to happen. We were about to get the DDP fight. We were about to get the Hamzat Shamayev fight. When it comes to chaos, I mean, this is right up there. I think Bisbing also just randomly creating the greatest ending to a career of all time ever out of nowhere is probably up there as well. And then fighting Dan Henderson, who was like ranked number 14th or 11th or whatever afterwards. It's top three. It's top three for sure when it comes to chaos. I mean, what, what the hell are we just talking about? We said it all. I, I just, we said it a thousand times. It's Sean Strickland is the UFC heavyweight middleweight champion. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm confused how to speak about this. <laughs> So, Jed, Dana White shows up at the press conference and he reacts to it. He says, Izzy looked really slow. He looked dry, looked dried up, just d- didn't ha- have it. And he, because of this, he wants the rematch. I feel like the rematch isn't necessary here. Like, DC even said it, like, we shouldn't run it back. Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, Izzy's second greatest middle way or whatever. But we got guys coming up. We got Hamza Chemaev getting ready to fight. We got Drikas Duplessis, who's right there. Who, by the way, you can make a strong argument that outside Israel Asanya, Drikas Duplessis might have been the biggest loser tonight out of all of this. He still may get the Izzy fight, but it won't be for the belt. What, like this? I, I, this is all just absolutely insane. But we can't do the rematch. I mean, you shouldn't do the rematch. Do the rematch, right, Jed? Like the, the rematch is a bad idea. Mike, you know my feelings on this. I've been extremely clear for my entire life. Uh, You just never do an immediate rematch because unless uh, there are two exceptions to this, one, legitimate controversy, a robbery has occurred, 
or um, like a premature stoppage, like an actual premature stoppage or whatever, something like that. I accept an immediate rematch is. And two, I accept, even though I'm still not like all the way, an immediate rematch in a trilogy bout. Like you guys split them, you run it right back. Uh, otherwise, don't lose um, because winning and losing fights matters. And if you are a guy like Sean Strickland and you just beat, uh, whether it's a new or a long-reigning champion – you shouldn't have to do it twice. There's no reason the rest of the sport does not dictate or demand multiple attempts to do something to prove its worth. Won the fight, so you shouldn't do this back. I'm going to divert us because we got to talk about this, guys. It's part of this whole thing, <laughs> and um, it's part of why I I think it ties in here. Is part of why I would strongly say there's no need for a rematch. Casey and I were talking about this in the post pressure presser um, while we were waiting for him to show up. He broke Izzy. He didn't just beat him. Like we're talking about what uh, you know, Atlanta when Izzy fought Kelvin Gaslam and and Shaheen, you and I were both there. Casey was there, watched it, and this difference between that fight and this is stark. Heading into that fifth round, Izzy is standing there saying, I'm willing to die to himself to go get into battle. And at the end of this fight, after losing three of the four rounds and most of the fifth round with 30 seconds left, Sean Strickland, who he is apparently very mad at for things that were said about his dog or whatever is shouting at him and backing him on screaming obscenities in his face. And Izzy is backing away. Izzy didn't want no part of that business at the end of that fight. Like he wasn't, I got 30 seconds to keep my belt and this dude's hands are down. I should try. He's just backing up and looking like he just lost, which he did. I, I didn't see Kelvin Gaslam do that. And somehow Sean Strickland did. If you break a motherfucker, you shouldn't have to fight him again. That dude needs to prove to me he deserves another fight because that's not how that goes, man. Yeah. I, I have no, I have no interest in seeing it. I have no interest in seeing it at this point, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'll watch it, but is is I did, it's just Israel has lost two of his last three championship bouts, right? Like, and this wasn't UFC 288, 281. Like, this wasn't some Hail Mary fifth round comeback. This isn't some long running story between him and Alex. And Alex was this weird anomaly who hadn't really fought a lot in MMA. Like, this is the farthest thing from that. Sean dominated Izzy. This is pillar to post. Like, even Sean Strickland in his wildest dreams, and he even sort of admitted it of like, how much he doubted himself like he couldn't have dreamed up how thorough and just disgustingly convincing this was uh in terms of just being a one-sided fight like there i have no interest in seeing this again this middleweight division is really good right now hamzat shamaya palacosta is about to happen the winner of that's probably going to be up there ddp is up there like i don't know man i'm sure they're going to run it back because izzy's a popular champion he's one of the big he's one of the faces of the company but to me like I would move on from this, right? Like how many, how many shots to the belt you give a guy who, who who's again, one and two in his last three. Here's the thing, Sheen, cause I think you just said it. Uh, I won't say cooler heads are going to prevail, but look, if, if Hamza runs through Paulo Costa, uh, Dana's going to come into that post fight. And be like, I know I don't book fights, but I think we just got to give him a title shot. And that's because Hamzad is also a dude that they can get behind in a major way. So I think if Hamzad beats Apollo, then he will certainly jump in front of Izzy. Uh, and sucks to be you, DDP. You might be the best middleweight in the world, but we're probably never going to find out at this rate. 
dude, if Paulo beats Hamzat, he's getting a title shot. Like he's going to say the yeah, same probably. thing because it's going to be absolutely insane. And you know what? You know what else is kind of crazy about the Shaheen? Because we talk, we are on the rankings panel. We talk about how things can happen. DDP might have suffered from this, but you know who didn't? You know who somehow just found himself in another win-win situation? Alex Pereira because of all of this. Because if Alex Pereira goes and fights Yuri and loses at light heavyweight, he could still go back down to 185 and fight Sean Strickland because he already bolted him. So he no, still he found a way to win tonight. They're, they're homies now, buddy. Pereira yeah, taught fight. him how to win. You don't think they would fight each other for the belt? They would fight each other actually, for the belt. I actually don't think Pereira would anymore. <laughs> One really, sure I, I just don't know that he can make that weight anymore. No, uh, also, I'm I'm looking this up. I feel like he tweeted something about that. Um, let me confirm that I didn't just. And he said he would, that he said he wouldn't fight him. Seems like my plans to go down one more time to middleweight ran out. Like that's right after thing because he's homies with with dude now. Right, but if he goes out and loses to Yuri, and they say, "Hey, Alex, Sean wants to fight you to try to avenge the loss." What is he I don't think Sean no. wants to fight him to try and avenge the loss. <laughs> I think Sean would definitely take that fight just to prove that he could stand and strike with him because that's just the I kind of guy Sean Strickland look, is. Here's the thing. Sean Strickland um, is a little dumb, but he's not a moron. <laughs> you know, like I think he remembers how that fight went, and I'm not confident that fight goes um, – and by not confident, I'm, sh- I'm very confident that fight goes exactly the same in perpetuity, so – uh, they're never going to fight. Pereira, it's fine. Pereira doesn't need it. He's about to be the free and light heavyweight champion. Shane, I think we've learned something else as well tonight. Uh, something that newer fans need to kind of learn lessons from. Something that longtime fans need to learn lessons from. Because when we have these types of situations, uh, we had it with Kamar Usman. Now we have it with Israel Adesanya. There's lessons that need to be learned. And Jed talks about this all the time when it comes to how impressive it is to continuously defend your title. So I'm going to back away and just let you do your thing right now. What is the biggest lesson that MMA fans can learn from what happened tonight when it comes to the history of the sport and the greats that have come before this generation of champions? Look, Mike, I know what you're trying to do here. And so I will oblige you because I don't ask for much. I really don't. I love you guys out there. I love you guys who support us and watch us on this podcast network, this video network, who support MMA fighting, who have for so long. My baby boy just had his first birthday like a few weeks ago. It was great. We, we celebrated. He got he ate a bunch of cake. He, he, was, he was all sugared up. It was just a great time. None of you guys got me anything for it. And you don't need to. That's fine. I don't, I don't need anything for it. What you can get me. Call it an early Christmas. Why would I gift. get you something for your son's birthday? Hold on, Jed. Let me get there. <laughs> You didn't get him anything either, and he was very offended. He, he talks to me about it. You can get me for a late gift for him, early Christmas gift for me, whatever you want to do. Can this night, can just whatever we just saw, whatever the hell just happened tonight, I still am not quite sure what just happened tonight, can this be the, the coffin nail forever and ever and ever on this, do, this stupid, stupid thing that we have seemingly done over the last five years where every time a single champion defends his belt, twice or three times or four times or maybe even five times there is this rush to anoint him as the greatest human being who has ever laced up four ounce gloves and fought in that division it happens every single time i'm old enough to remember when tyron woodley was the welterweight goat you remember when kamar usman was the welterweight goat 
that happened too. Where's all that now? Like, this is just something we tend to do in this space recently. I don't know why. It is only a, a, a symptom of the last like five years, ish, it seems. And now uh, it was happening with Israel Adesanya after the Alex Pereira win, where like he lost to this guy, then he came back and got revenge and great for him. That's awesome. And all of a sudden he was the greatest middleweight of all time. To call someone the GOAT in a division where Anderson freaking Silva existed and went 16-0 and to start his UFC career and carved out one of the most incredible combat sports legacies we've ever seen. It's just disrespectful, not only to history, but it's disrespectful to to the athletes who are currently still doing things because it puts weird, like undue tribute upon their laps that inevitably gets taken away very quickly when they do lose a fight like this, when they don't show up in the way that they need to. And we get a result like this. We seemingly do it every single time. All I ask is that maybe this is the, the moment where we can all look at each other and be like, hey, maybe this is a dumb thing that we keep doing and we should stop doing. We don't know how these stories are going to end when we're in the middle of them. And this is a great example of this. And Jed, I mean, we've talked about this a lot on different dams of like, there were moments in time during a lot of people's careers where if they have just walked away at that moment in time, we would consider them far differently than how we do now. Jose Aldo, Fedor, whatever. BJ. We don't need, yeah. Again, Izzy's great, man. Izzy is probably the second best middleweight. He's at least the second most decorated middleweight to ever do it. That's awesome. He He's, he's like 13 and three in the UFC. That's tremendous. He's more accomplished than like 99.9% of fighters who will ever lace up gloves to do this. That's cool. That's great. That's awesome. We don't need to try to make it more than it is. That's all. That's all that I ask. Just again, early Christmas gift, late, late first birthday gift for my baby boy. Can we just take some time? Put some stuff in context and wait for things to play out before we rush to judgment. Well said. Very well said. Real quick before we kind of transition to the rest of this card, because other things did happen on this card. I mean, we we can just go to the peeps too. Uh, Where does Izzy go from here, Jed? Like, where does he go from here? Like, I feel like the UFC is going to try to push this rematch, but like, like, where does he go from here? Like, can he come back from this? Like, he... Came back from the Pereira loss, right? But can he come back from this two losses in 10 months? Like, dude's had a, he's got a lot of mileage on him. He's had a lot of fights and he's still very good. Like, he could, if they ran it back, like, Izzy could beat Sean Strickland. Like, it's, there's, it's definitely there. I mean, we all were so confident about it the first time. So, where does he go from here? If you were advising Israel Adesanya, what would you tell him? 205. That's what I would tell him. Um, I, he's going to come back and fight for a title, and maybe he wins it. Um, I think the th- single biggest thing I missed coming into this fight, and again, a lot of speculation I'm about to make here, but feel okay about it, at, at least on that watch, and maybe I'll be proven wrong. I think I really just did not pay any amount of respect to the mileage on Izzy because um, he's not that old, like 34 or whatever, but – He's got 15 years of fight years on him. And uh, I've, I've talked with AK Lee about this uh, the last, like this last couple of months for a reason. If you start to get to 12 years, like that's when you start to see mileage accrue on, on fighters. If they've fought 12 years and Izzy's got 15 combined with kickboxing and hard years, like he's got a lot of fights under his belt across multiple disciplines and all that training and it just adds up and uh casey and i were talking about this on the on the post presser again too early to say definitively but the big telltale sign 
for me, whenever you see it, like, oh, I can tell a fighter is starting to get old. It's happened with all the greats is they can't pull the trigger. You know, they still have the skills and the ability and the power, but they can't pull the trigger as much. And I mean, that I would quantify the single biggest issue that Izzy had tonight was pulling the trigger on offense. And granted, a lot of that is Sean Strickland taking those opportunities away. But when father time is beating you, it's because things are going down just a little bit and your split second reactions are a little bit lesser. And so you see the opening and you can't find the jab to steal a quote directly from Izzy in that fight. So uh, I would say that there is an extremely high likelihood uh, that Israel Disney is now over the hill um, and that for the remainder of his career will not be the best. He could still win this fight. They rematched it in the post fight. Uh, uh, Eugene Behrman was like, I'd fight him next week and we think we could win it. Um, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but he can't ever, he's never going to put together like a sustained run. And the biggest thing about this fight, the biggest takeaway, I think in a week or two weeks or a year, when we look back on this fight to speaking a bit to Shaheen's point about sort of this premature, um, you know, uh, it, it inauguration i guess of of these fighters as the goats or whatever is uh is he can't overcome this this is a forever black spot on his resume you can uh tell yourself a story about alex Pereira. well guy already had two wins over him in kickboxing he's just sort of his nemesis but is he won the rematch and so we're there losing to sean strickland a, a guy who you were a massive favorite over and um genuinely nobody thought could possibly beat you and losing in that manner and getting broken by him that that one doesn't come off the resume forever and so at the end of it it will historically stick with him and so for me he can't ever be the greatest middleweight of all time can't do it like that's gone there's no window of opportunity for that um Go up to light heavyweight. See if you can etch your name in history in a different way. If you can win another belt, you know, you do have a knockout win over a dude who's about to fight for a title. Maybe you can make that happen and, and add a second chapter to, to where your career's at. So if I were telling him that, I'd be like, dude, you fought everybody at middleweight. Just, just go on up. What do you think, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say 205 because he's just, I mean, this is just historically someone who doesn't, is not even like coming in heavy for middleweight, right? Like he's always coming in like 184. We saw when he weighed at 205, he was like 203, maybe something like that. Like he's he's a tall guy, 170. Sure, but he's like a, he's a tall guy, but he's also just so lanky and skinny with his frame, right? Like he doesn't have the frame that Alex Pereira has, where we saw Alex go up, and it made sense immediately when you saw it. Of like, oh yeah, this dude clearly is like a 205 pounder who miraculously could make 185 is he doesn't have that vibe to me and even when we he fought up there he just didn't seem to be nearly as comfortable up there with the size that those guys had like you see you you put izzy up against like a supersized yuri prohaska i don't think that goes well for izzy well, yeah uh, but that's the thing is he always said when he was like i'm you know after the after the yon fight he was like well you know i'm gonna do a couple more things here and then i'm gonna take the time build up put on weight and go up do that like actually go up instead of just take a vacation up there and not cut weight. Like go go up, make the move forever, and see what happens. I don't think he wins the belt, but like, I just if he goes I mean, back and reclaims the middleweight title, why for what? Like what's well, to, sure he gets so the what belt. What do you mean? I mean, th- there's 
well to to get vengeance to be become a champion again to get the big paydays again like th- yeah, there's a lot more nuance in you... this than just like us sort of wanting to see no, something like, new right like if... pl- play that string out for him as a fighter he gets vengeance and i'm with you on that cool um then he's gonna fight ddp and if he loses that then is he gonna <laughs> try to rematch again like do another rematch there um because uh straight up he the Israel Disney who's fighting tonight gets whomped by DDP. Like gets whomped by him. So like what like what you're but, just but, you're I mean, playing you can't, in a sandbox that you've done most of the mm. things in. He he's 90% at the level. I guess he can stick around and try and you know full hundred percent it, but there's a whole new level he can go to. He doesn't need to get all the coins. He can go try this new one while he still has time to do it and while there's still some energy because he gets whomped mm-hmm. up by DDP at middleweight, then there ain't nothing for him to go to light heavyweight over. I disagree. I think you're playing this out too far in the future because ultimately if you're Izzy and you're if it, like the, the way the question was framed, right, was if you're his manager or his coach, what would you advise him to do? Yeah. You advise him to take the clearest path back to the belt, back to the giant paydays, which would be fighting Sean Strickland again, right? Like, I don't want to see it, but if you, does anyone think that if they fought 10 times that Izzy's losing all 10? Like, obviously, that is the cleanest path back to the belt for him. <laughs> I mean, I Maybe. Goes, right? we're, we're having a good time here, I, but like, here's the thing. Let's if be realistic, right? Like, I, out, I would Izzy, say he wins. He got freaking. Just I get gunned it. up I get for 25. It. Yes. Hey, man, I get it. And this goes back to why we all, you in particular, you and I always say the hardest thing to do in this sport is not to become a two-division champion. It's to be, defend this belt over and over and over again because sometimes you're going to have bad nights. And if you're able to win on the bad nights, that's the mark of a true all-time great. I don't know. It seemed like Izzy probably had a bad night. It also seemed like Sean Strickland had the night of his life and came in with a killer game plan and had a style that genuinely frustrated and confused Izzy. All of those things can be true. That doesn't mean if they fight again that all those things will be true all over again, right? Like if you're Izzy and I'm advising you, or I'm sorry, if, if, if I'm advising Izzy, like I'd much rather have him go fight Sean Strickland for the belt than go fight a giant like Yuri Prohaska for the belt. I just don't think one is more likely chance for success than the other. But again, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think there is something to be said that is he's probably in the tail end of all of this, right? He's probably in the tail end of the prime earning years window-wise for all of this. So to maximize that, if you're able to beat Sean and get the belt back, I'm sure the UFC will do the Pereira thing and just move on and be like, hey, one, one, we guy we wanted one. Let's move on and then... He can, you know, lose the DDP or Hamzada, whoever, and then we figure it out from there. But to me, I don't know. I, I just don't see 205 being like a really good place for him in the way that it is seemingly for, for Pereira. Yeah, I, I don't – again, I don't think that he would win the title. But one, if I was actually advising him, I'd tell him retire. <laughs> just – you made money. Yeah, but that's dumb too. Your long-term that's dumb health. too. He, like no he's making – No one's going to do that. That's really dumb because that's – he's the second highest earner in the UFC right now behind Conor McGregor I don't think who doesn't fight. I don't think that's dumb at all. You can't put a price on your long-term physical health. <laughs> um, yeah, but it is money. He's set. It's it's the prize fighting game, and he's certainly made money. But he could make a lot more money, and he, you work your entire career to get to this point where you are making this much money that he is making. Like that's that's not realistic to ask him to retire. Oh, I yeah, agree. It's I'm, not realistic. I'm just saying that if you were actually giving, if I was actually advising him, that would 100 percent be what I'd advise. I do feel like a break is needed, though. Like the dude has fought like every three months for like a long ass time. DC like laid out a graphic of like all the events he's headlined over the last like four years. And it's a long list. You actually have to click on the image to see all of them. And here's like (laughs) what's crazy about it is like 
sometimes in this sport and it's like this in pro wrestling too and we it, look even we saw this with colby right colby fights mazadal everything happens in miami and then colby just disappears for a year and then he comes back and it's like oh colby's back woohoo and maybe that didn't last long for everybody but still we can't miss you if you don't leave. So if Izzy just like takes nine months off and just kind of does his own thing and like gets his mind right and then returns for like international fight week in July or August or like next September or something and then like fights whoever the champion is or fights Sean Strickland in some fight, whether Sean's the champion or not, like maybe that's what he needs. I think just getting up like the, the the thing that concerned me the most from what eugene said was and i get where he's coming from you're the coach you want to put your guy over but him saying oh we'll fight him next weekend we're ready no i know that's the wrong thing to say we're gonna go home we're gonna chill out we're gonna get our mind right we're gonna rewatch the fight we're gonna figure everything out we're gonna take a break from mma for a little while and then we're gonna come back in 2024 and then we're going to be a snowball that just goes downhill. You thought Izzy was great three years ago. You thought Izzy was great at UFC 287. Wait till you see this guy when he has nine months of rest, when he just disappears from the sport for a little while. And then he comes back and like some of the bad juju's worn off. And like people just genuinely kind of miss miss him. You know what I mean? Like we just – we haven't really gotten that chance with Izzy like we've had with a lot of other f- fighters in the sport. So – that would be my suggestion. And then, like, if he wants to do 205 on that break, if he wants to do go back and do 185 on that break, cool. But in the meantime, there's fun things to happen in this division. DDP can get his title shot. Hamzat or Costa can get their title shot. Sean Strickland winning is chaotic because it opens the door for so many different things. And it's insane. Robert Whitaker is, is suddenly back in the picture. Robert Whitaker is now back in the title picture. Because of I, I will say, from an observer's standpoint, from our standpoint, just what is the most interesting to me, Shaheen Al Shadi, that what you laid out is the most interesting scenario of everything, which is just Izzy taking nine months off, taking a year off, and letting this figure itself out, right? Because I think there's a world that doesn't feel too far fetched where Sean Strickland moves forward, he fights DDP, DDP seems very good, hitting his peak right now, DDP wins, and then maybe Izzy comes back and we have Izzy DDP for the title in a way that we never actually thought it would come together, right? And the dynamic has completely shifted, and Izzy is the the hunter, the hunter chasing the hunted in Africa, and you could do a whole different setup with similar sort of storyline, vibes, narrative, all of it, but it is different entirely. So like that, that to me feels so much more interesting than just trying to wash away this, this stink, just like we did with, with Nunes and Pena, right? Where it's just like, ah, did that really happen? Didn't really happen, did it? And we're just going to move on. Like the, the, I, I always hate the, Hey, you got to beat this champion twice to, to be able to move on with your career type of thing. The same thing we're doing with Alexa Grasso right now. Like Alexa Grasso beat Valentina very decisively. She submitted her. She she chose she made Valentina choose to exit that fight. She shouldn't have to do it twice just to because you know we we think of Valentina in some way. Like that division should move on, and then we can if that fight comes up again, we'll have some time to let it marinate. Rather than like if Valentina just wins next week, then like what? Does, does, does any of it matter did it matter that alexa won like that that whole thing is so dumb to me always so that i agree with you mike i think that's the at least in my opinion as an observer that is by far the most interesting outcome shaheen uh i'm gonna do something i rarely do on air um i was you gonna admit you're wrong yeah hand up yeah um i disagreed with a lot uh, and i still think that a lot of what i said was true but ultimately 
you <laughs> laid out the correct and only good path, which is a world where DDP wins the belt and he defends his belt against Izzy in Africa, <gasps> like next. Fall. Like how fun is that, right? Like that's how, the that is, better. That's the that new is, funniest outcome that could. We just had that is the funniest a world outcome. We just never visualized. And now that's the new funniest outcome is we get UFC Africa. It's DDP who makes it happen <laughs> and defends against Izzy. And then DDP uh, so tries to talk. gets us to that. And then DDP is like, nah, I'm not going to fight him. He talks his way out of fighting Izzy instead of Izzy, like, no-selling DDP. I mean, just the world we could be living in 10 months oh, from now God. if DDP wins the belt is just fascinating stuff. But golly, also, man, Sean Strickland's a bit of a way, Go ahead, Sheen. Potential outcome that we also haven't even considered. Paulo Costa is one of the most entertaining men in the entire sport right now. If he just goes out there and colds Hamzad Shemaev in like a round and just knocks out this dude that we've been proclaiming as a two-division champion, and then Paolo Costa goes in there and beats Sean Strickland, and suddenly Paolo Costa is the, the UFC middleweight champion, New York Rick's personal barber, Paolo Costa, is out <laughs> here with the belt. That's a great – like that's super fun. There are so many opportunities now for this division to have so much fun, and I'm just here for it. We can't miss you if you don't leave. Hit the refresh button. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm sure there's a million questions and a million talking points Dude, from the people. I have but a million questions. <laughs> let me let, let's slightly pivot and then we'll go to the piece. I'm sure we're going to talk about all the other lingering things. Um, a la the NHL, Jed Michelle, I'll start with you. Clearly, Sean Strickland is the top guy here. Like, if we do the three star scale, like the end of the of a hockey game, bring out the, the top three stars. Sean Strickland's number one. Who's two and three? from this card for you. <laughs> uh, I guess you got to go Volkov uh, just because being the second man to ever pull off an Ezekiel. That's right. I said second. Don't bring me your Rimko Pardol. No, Rimko isn't a gi. It's not. It takes away the, the fun of calling it an Ezekiel choke. If there's a gi there, it's easy. Like, I can choke anyone with a gi. It's not hard. He's doing it just with with the feeling and, and the strength of his arms. Like that's so second man ever behind Alexi Lanik to score in Ezekiel. Uh, so I'll give him that one. And then, I mean, I feel like the answer probably has to be Justin Taffa, even though no, no one doesn't. cares. No, it doesn't. No one cares. No, because I don't give a shit about the rest of the things that happened on this card. But no, Justin Taffa landed some of the meanest freaking coffin nails of all time. So uh, – I'm not doing the one you want. I refuse because I don't care about any of the rest of these these people. So give me Justin Taffa because those coffin nails were nasty. Shane, who's two and three? I mean, I agree with two. It's obviously Volkov, right? Like that's the most meaningful result on this card outside of uh, outside of the main event. But I give me Tyson Pedro. That that knockout and then that celebration was cold, man. That was super. I like that was sick. I, I rewatched that thing like four or five times. The, the, the knockout was just nice in and of itself, but then the celebration was just, ah, like that was perfection. I don't know if he you, practiced that or whatever, but I, I dug that a lot. Give me that. You would do that to AK? You would disrespect AK by picking the man who beat his boy? Look, Couldn't I, be know, 
I know that this is a great moment of sadness for all of us and that we so badly wanted the pleasure man to be a good fighter so that every three or four months we could just unload all of the pleasure man innuendos and double entendres that we have stacked up here just on Twitter and Instagram and have a great time and it would be the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, it's, I'm sorry. That's just not the world we live in. And that man got deaded in a real crazy way. I think, uh, I, I, you probably think the combination of names you both threw out there uh, are probably the correct answer. But shout out to Carl Solberg too, like a complete performance. Gets a, a rare. Oh, we think we're getting a unanimous decision, but then we get a we get a a replay submission win with like less than yeah. ten seconds left in the fight. Shouts to Herb and Mark. That's the, those are the, you. The that, was that was great. That was great. Honestly, it's incredibly well done. It's perfect, dude. We are we are so quick. We I'm have glad no bad that, refereeing. I'm so I'm so glad you mentioned that, Mike, because we are so quick. All of us, everyone, everyone watching this, all three of us, Casey as well. We're so quick to jump on these people, these officials, when they mess up, because it's just fun for us, right? I'm like, ah, how how could this incompetent person mess up so well? We don't do this enough when when actually good officiating happens to to give credit and kudos to it. So that's a great call. Kudos to Mark Goddard and Herb Dean because that was perfect. Like the way they handled that was excellent and that was a great example to now moving forward that you can show people of like how replay re, 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 replay review can be used in a moment like in the in a flash in a very correct way also uh honorable mention she probably deserves to be on this list too laura sanko tremendous job tonight tremendous job even certain points like schooling dc on on scoring which i thought was great i thought the trio was really good tonight Anik, dc and and sanko did a great job did a great job so good job dc well done. was the best he's 100%. been in a long time completely he great didn't, he didn't have a person he wasn't getting sidetracked to, yeah to do not fighting stuff <laughs> just get get down get down a rabbit hole of bad so yeah yeah good good work all around yep the bellator champion series is back in action friday may 17th live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Casey, come on in because boy, oh boy. Casey, before uh, we get to the questions, I got at least one that I need to fire out here. Um, Been sitting on this for a hot minute, boys. Yes or no, if world gets crazy, Sean Strickland defends his UFC middleweight title against Islam Makachev. Who are you taking to win that fight? What? 
I know where you're going I mean, with this because we had this debate with Habib and Do Izzy you think Islam Makhachev could win the middleweight title from Sean Strickland? Because no. I would confidently say Leon Edwards can. I would pick Sean Strickland in that fight because size matters at elite levels. I think I think he's a little too much size. I think he's a little too much size. It'll be competitive. How about that? Prime Habib. Oh, I would I probably would pick, pick him pick, to I beat would, Sean Strickland. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have picked Habib to be Israel, though, and I said it at the time. So, um, yeah, okay. I just wanted to, I wanted to gauge if I was getting too excited about the people who can beat Sean Strickland because I'm starting to make a list. And it's here's why middleweight's a great weight class, Casey. You were you were you were slacking us about how it's like the worst weight class, like historically, and whatever. Maybe it's the best weight class because there have been several different champions where the list of people who could beat them is extensive. <laughs> I remember I used to have a Alex lot of Pereira won game. the middleweight belt with no MMA experience. Bisping won the belt with one eye and old. <laughs> like, I remember... Dan Henderson won almost it. won the belt from Bisping with even more old. Exactly. I, like, <laughs> I remember when Bisping was champion, I was like, I think I can put together a list of 25 fighters. <laughs> middleweight to welterweight who i would pick pretty comfortably to beat michael Bisping, and i'm gonna have a lot of fun doing something similar with sean strickland in the coming months oh my gosh <laughs> what a weight class wow what a world i got we'll a question we'll okay go ahead right here right here a, since we're talking about who's gonna me. beat sean strickland really quick oh 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 no no i like this go for it and then i'll go mine uh, if Bo Nickel were to fight Sean Strickland next, what would the odds be, Jed? Minus three fifty. I think coming off this for win, Bo, uh, I assume. people, yeah, for Bo, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think coming off this, there's going to be a lot more trepidation about um, setting Sean as this big an underdog, even in fights like Pereira might be a massive favorite, but I don't think anyone's going to be a huge one against him moving forward. My question right. to you, Mike. Yes. As the creator and purveyor and really overlord of the middleweightiest middleweight gambit title, whatever you want to call it, does this result tonight change what it means to be a middleweighty middleweight? Sheesh. This is a platonic I... ideal. Right? Like, yeah. I feel like this is, this is fully full circling moment type of thing for whatever this is. But Sean did knock Izzy down and like beat him up. Didn't and finish that's him typically, That's typically not middleweighty middleweights. Typically it's like we go up against the fence and we just kind of knee each other in the body for 15 minutes. That's middleweighty middleweight. Brennan Allen oh, has graduated boy. from that. Christoph Jotko is the goat middleweighty middleweight. I don't know. Yeah, we have to really Sean has, deep and Sean has six. Sean has six decisions in his last eight wins, though, you know? Sean, look, Sean was repping middleweightiness for a long time. Um, I feel like Marvin Vittori just might be the middleweightiest middleweight. Marvin Vittori ha has been the middleweightiest middleweight forever. Yeah. I think he He's might just the be the boss, But now right Sean now. might be the end boss. I don't know. It's a great conversation right now. Sean Strickland might just – he might be – he might have won a second title tonight. He might be a two-division champ. Or a, uh, a double division champ. Incredible. God, a far can you guys imagine Sean Strickland versus Yuri Prohashka? No. No, I cannot. I cannot imagine. I don't champ know versus that. champ, baby. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 
Sorry, my head. <laughs> I love. Look, I love it, man. I, I love nights like this so much. I love it so much. This is I the dumbest, not, greatest sport in the world. Exactly. <laughs> we all not we a, all spend so many hours a year talking and writing and thinking and watching this stupid, stupid sport, and it amounts to nothing because all of us know nothing. It's tremendous. No. It amounts to everything, though, Shaheen, because this is the night when it all comes together and makes sense. Like the other end of it, you could have like a really great night, like 290 or whatever. I'm like, yeah, this is why I follow the sport. This is the other half of it when I'm like deep in the weeds of actually this car was a perfect example. We got two homophobic slurs for literally no reason, just out, out and into the ether. And it's like, Oh, this, this is what I've chosen so to do with my life. It's so unnecessary. He was so close. Was so close. Was Cop almost nailed that promo. I was like, Oh man, cop did it. Yeah, like, no! Just at the end, just as a little turd bomb at the end to be like, what if I ruin all of this? Like right here on this wall, there's a law degree. And I sometimes look at it and I'm like, I could be doing that with my life instead of covering people, dropping the F-bomb, whatever. But then this happens. I'm like, I wouldn't trade this for the fucking world. <laughs> this is I, – I can't get this in anywhere else. I fucking love this sport, man. There's no equipment We could end the year, ladies and gentlemen. We could end the year. It is a possibility where Sean O'Malley, Sean Strickland, and Colby Covington – are undisputed UFC champions. That could very well happen before the end of 2023. It's just, it's just there's no parallel, man. There's no they don't play the entire NBA season and then, you know, we're going into Nuggets heat and then randomly they're like, "Yeah, you know what? Actually Denver's not going to be in this one. Uh Minnesota. Come on, Minnesota. You're you're in the finals now. I don't know why, but Minnesota, come on." And then all of a sudden, Carl Anthony Towns is holding the trophy aloft as the champion. Like, it's just, there's no parallel. Yeah, I love it so just, much. We play one game for all the marbles, YOLO. It's, it's the best. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so wow. excited to keep thinking about this fight. Dude. Um, I almost want to have a, a, a second post-fight show like four days from now where <laughs> for no reason – where we're it's called between the talk. it's called between the links. You can you can come on this week, Sheen. Yeah, I think we might, I think we might have to have just do that and do a whole show about like the digestible version of all this because I would assume that a lot of the parties involved are going to be on the MMA hour, so we'll get to react to like their reactions to all of this. And yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I can't. Casey, wait do we to have questions? This fight oh, we got yeah. I love that we're just sitting here trying to bask in it. It's so good. Yeah, so I'm good. just, I'm just. Dude, this is some of the most. This is maybe the most fun I've had all year. <laughs> and this was like objectively the worst pay per view on paper all year. Yes. Uh, yeah, like and it's making us smile like this, like you know. I feel like I'm gonna have like the most. The it's it's gonna be the most peaceful sleep I've had post pay per view maybe all year, and it's just like a weird feeling. I didn't think I would feel this way, but it's just gonna be like, okay, this is just the world Dude, we live in, and it's the funniest year. It's if if that fight gets yeah. stopped in the first round, just say one more shot, like a legitimate stoppage. Not nearly it, as fun. Not nearly. Yeah, as fun. the conversation is. Totally oh no, different. it's still really fun. It's, it's funny. not as fun, but it's, it's funny. still it's really fun. fun. It's like, but then we're having the. Izzy got caught, he got lazy, but we're not saying that now because he lost for 25 minutes or whatever. And 20. and to, to your point, Jed and Casey, kind of looked broken at the end of it. Dude. Like that's, that, that's a that, real thing that we watched. 
that's what gets me. That that one that one kind of shook me a bit. The way Izzy just said, "Nah, I I lost. I'm not gonna just. I'm not. I'm just. Those last things, like I'm not just gonna swing my arms around, do anything crazy. He did it. He just like he was done. Didn't want it. That is such a stark contrast because I have never seen a man look more confident than him walking to the cage. That's the most confident I've ever seen a human being look. And on the and other side of that, Sean did not look confident, right? Did, like maybe it's not. projection, but I was watching his walkout like, oh, dude, like it looks like. Dude, did you read in my live blog uh, for it? I, <laughs> I made paraphrasing slightly because I don't have it in front. I was like, yeah, I've had that look before. It was when I was walking to get my ass beat um, and you're you're resolved to do it. But yeah, you, you don't know why you this is where your life is. And that's why I was like, yeah, he knows about his ass beat. But here it goes. So, and then 20, what, nine minutes later and knew. Yeah, there was a, a look in Sean's eyes, too. When he walked out there, I was like, this is not the, the Sean Strickland that walked out to fight Nasserdine or Abus or even Pereira. This is a focus, like feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders, Sean Strickland turning pressure into diamonds. There's just a different look. Made the vibes even stronger. I have, a, I have a really important question for you, Jed. Something that just occurred to me. And it might be the most important question I ask all year, oh, frankly. Hell yeah. <laughs> so lately we've been hearing a lot of talk about the critically acclaimed Michelin star system. Uh -huh. uh, I feel like it's been received very well. I think everyone's really enjoying it. It's really well, well put together. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this evolves moving forward. Uh, you gave this card, deservedly so, zero Mushulin stars ahead of this fight. Uh, and you said if you weren't in Sydney, you would not even go to this fight. That is essentially what zero stars means. Correct. Is it possible to amend that retroactively or is that not how this works? No, no, yeah, you have to. I mean, look, the the, the Michelin star system, obviously based on the Michelin guide star uh, system, you know, they, they go to a restaurant. They go to a restaurant a couple of times and they give it a grade. And, you know, stars get added and get taken away. Is that improved? With the benefit of hindsight, um, I wouldn't say three stars. I wouldn't catch a flight to be there for this funny, funny outcome. But certainly at least one star with the benefit of hindsight of being like – because look, the rest of this I simply couldn't care less about. And I think this it speaks to the fact that we've barely talked about it. It's not just the fact that the main event was monumental. It's that none of the rest of this matters. Maybe Alexander Folkoff beating Tai Tuivasa matters like to some extent and Manel Kopp beat a dude he's supposed to do beat. And hey, Felipe Dos Santos looks like a legit prospect. Cool. The rest of this is – whatever and so it's that was the thought going in it's still the thought going out i would have had to spend the whole evening watching a lot of stuff that is meaningless um but the main event really really would make it at least worth one star just to have physically been there because this is a top five funniest fight i've ever watched i'm gonna watch <laughs> this fight so many times like, look, the undisputed funniest fight of all time, as far as I'm concerned, and maybe this is macabre, I don't care. It's Kimbo versus Dada. I have with you, hundred percent with you. I've genuinely so never much. had more of fun watching fights, a fight. It is an actual like top five fight for enjoyment that I've ever had. Uh, I have never had more fun watching a fight. I have had the same level of fun, never more. Funniest fight I've ever seen. Number two. I think also unequivocally is uh, Rhonda Holly because if for nothing else, uh, 
the the Mike Goldberg takes a lot of energy being a rock star <laughs> is an A plus quote in MMA history. Those are the the A and B for funniest fights of all time. This is right up there. <laughs> like just I'm live blogging this thing, and after the second round, when it's like, oh, Izzy's getting safe. This is the rest of this fight. He's going to have a boring kick you from real far away decision. And, and you know, that sucks. But, hey, he almost got finished. I respect it. And then suddenly in the third round uh, after, you know, Eric Nixick was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you can't just let him off the hook like this. You got to go out there and fight this guy. Get after him. And Sean's like yelling in his corner. I know. I know. I gotta go. And then goes and just starts beating his ass. I am. I am cackling laughing watching Izzy just be befuddled by a dude who's not eating every jab and is, is double jabbing in his face. It's the fucking funny. This fight is so funny, man. It's so funny. Oh, man. All right, let's take a few this questions. This is the best is... night. <laughs> I'm still in shock at the fight, honestly. It's what, it's been like three hours ago, and I'm still just kind of – it's the best. I'm just, just kind of. I still have a, a whole post-fight column to write, and I'm just going to be sitting there with a smile on my face, writing it at like three in the morning. I'm, um, I love my job. Right, we, 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 Dude, uh, like two, two ninety, and this in the same year. What a fucking year, man! Shevchenko, Shevchenko losing a rematch next week. Is that next week? Or is that two weeks? That's next, next week. week, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's next week. Oh, jeez. Okay. Steve Steve yeah, got, just might be Don Jones at this point. Like that might just happen. Dude, God, can you imagine? I got bankrupted this year and I don't even care because it's <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh interesting question here. Uh what is Sean Strickland's legacy now? I mean, it's a legitimate. Uh, he's a legitimate champion, world. champion, man. That that's the Bisping thing. You can't take it away from him forever. That dude is a champion. Michael Bisping won the title in a very legitimate fashion against a very legitimate champion, and we forever look at him differently. That's that's Sean Strickland now. Like regardless of whether you like him or hate him, like that's the reality. Dude is a champ, and he beat the real champ in a very legitimate, like very decisive way. Is he a, is he a future UFC Hall of Famer? Yeah. If he can Look, string together two title defenses, I think yeah, right. You just you ha, do you have this to, probably gets a, him in. I don't I think don't. this gets him in the Hall of Fame. No, this is the no. I, we're not talking about like the Hall of Fame of mixed martial arts. We're talking about the Hall of Fame of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I don't the guy think who says yes to every opportunity and fights a million times. Oh, I, I do not I think, think the UFC is going to rush to. I think he needs one def- one defense. I think you guys are. I I I think he's he he may not be there yet, but he's he's in the he's already in the conversation. If they run this back, so here I'll paint this out for you. If they run this back and then he beats Izzy again in a very decisive way again, and then say he loses to DDP in whatever kind of fashion he would lose to DDP, and then he for the rest of his career he's just the guy who that he was before, where he's taking the short notice fights, he's beating who he should beat, and he's losing to who he should lose. Then I think he will be a Hall of Famer. He's so there are three. But he's got to win the rematch. He has to win the rematch. There are three appropriate answers to this question. They're not different. They all tie into the same. The first one is uh, Shaheen. You expertly laid this out, uh, answering a different thing. Dude, he's thirty-two. 
which I don't, we don't have a fucking clue what his legacy is right now. He has so much of his career left. So like, it's way too premature. The second one, as you pointed out, he's a champion. Here's a list of just some of the middleweights who never got to be a UFC champion. Yo Romero, Jacare Souza, Gegard Mousasi, Chael Sonnen, Damian Maya. John Strickland is now quote unquote better or more accomplished than those men. And all of them I would pick to beat Sean Strickland on their best <laughs> on yeah. Sean Strickland's best Dude, day. I would still pick all those gentlemen you just you just said. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean like time, and that's time, the most important I mean an opportunity, baby. And I will the other thing uh it is loosely tied to this, I guess, but um Sean Strickland, and this was brought up by somebody at the post fight presser, now that he's a champion that man is never fighting at the apex again. Sean Strickland is strictly a pay-per-view and roadshow fight night main event guy for here on after, which nah. really we got to think about the UFC because he's they're losing the out on the dude. You think he's fighting at the apex again? I would bet so much money that he fights again at the apex and headlines an apex event before his career is over. Absolutely. Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe just cause he always fights at the apex, but yeah, he's just going to accept some short notice stuff that, just like he does. I don't know that this will change him in that respect. Not, Dude, I'm not a champion. I'm, I'm talking about like a post reign. I'm talking about like a post championship. I think he'd even do it now. It's Sean Strickland. If they're like, hey, man, uh, somebody fell off of MSG. Can you turn around and defend your belt against random body? <laughs> like, you'd probably do it. It's Sean. <laughs> I cannot wait. And I mean this in a bad way. Some I don't even know actually when I say this. When Sean Strickland goes on the press tour, and just does what it, what the morning shows is that going to happen, or is UFC just going to hide him? Do you think? Yeah, uh, they should get. Him I don't know there. that it'll happen. I mean, also, we'll have, he's going to have to be buttoned down. Sean I think Strickland they're going to pick a judge on American Idol, like all sorts of different fun things we could do with him. He'll be on Celebrity Family Feud, all these different things we could throw him on. I mean, the sky's a limit. Yeah, but I think there are certain here. places you can put him that will make sense. I think they'll pick and choose the spots they send him. Yeah. Like they're not yeah. sending him to the Today Show or something. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it be take, it America, is, yeah. it's not very hard yeah. to, to find to find his old. Dude tweets and old images you know and they're gonna go oh we'll oh, give you some new ones how good gracious he's not, he's not worried about yeah. it yeah dude i just i'm really i'm really i'm fine. really curious oh. dude as long as he's not doing a 30 minute interview he's gonna be fine if you give him five minutes he's i always yeah. thought that line was like that part of this was overblown like he's I, if you give him time to get down into the well of dumb things but if it's just five minutes, he'll just say that he'll he'll go to the old standbys of, I'm just a white trash piece of shit, and like look at me now, and you know that stuff plays. Yeah, be fine. Get on UFC Jimmy Kimmel, champion UFC. Ch- yeah, you uh, again. I champion as if it's a, a level of esteem. This is true. This is true. This is true. I, I do apologize for that being, <laughs> yeah. that being said. Don't act like you wouldn't watch him on the View. Give him like 10 minutes of Oh, my God. I want to oh, be and, clear. And, 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 I and him pay. explaining how women shouldn't vote to them? Oh, well, that's going to be awesome. Uh, wherever that, that, wherever that interview goes. That's going to be fun. Shaheen, I would oh, I watch hundreds of that. dollars to watch that. I would pay <laughs> review that. We're gonna do it. Yeah, we we will do a live react to that. We'll do a watch party for Sean Strickland's (laughs) media rounds. I would Uh, love it. 
Um, Shaheen, I'm sure you didn't see this because we're doing this. Kaposa tweeted at you and at MMA Fighting, I believe, with a question. But since we haven't really answered questions in the yeah. comments. Uh, per Kaposa, the wonderful Grabaka underscore Hitman on Twitter, follow him. And if honestly, if you're watching this, if you're watching this show and don't already follow him, I, I'm assuming you I don't him. I don't understand how that happened. Yeah. Uh, Shaheen, directly for you, answer me. How does Sean Strickland do against Robert Whitaker? Sir Robert Knuckles versus Jonathan Strickland. I mean, I'd probably pick Robert Whitaker, right? I don't know. Yeah, that, I'd probably like be pretty confident picking Rob, but maybe Rob's washed. Maybe Sean's better than I think. I don't I I'm picking Rob, but what, I, I don't feel great about it. I don't think any of us have given this credence for obvious reasons. What if Sean Strickland is actually the best middleweight in the world? <laughs> Like, what if, what if he, what he, if he runs off? 10 what if he actually defenses? just like runs off like three or four title defenses? <laughs> he's here. the guy. He's the new Anderson Silva. Like we, he ends up being better than Anderson by the end of it. I mean, look, oh my God, he's lost twice. Bad. He's lost twice in the weight class, right? Dude, lost he twice. lost twice in the past like eighteen one months. One of them. One of them. I think you. There's a very clear argument that you could make if you wanted to that he beat Jared Cannonier. It's a close fight. Whatever you know. So the other one was Alex Pereira, who will can't really argue that anything about most that one. people. I think it's in, how he on lost. The just, yeah, I don't know. Sean Strickland, new middleweight goat. I go against what I said, dude. Shouts to Sean Strickland. <laughs> you, provided... you just said Sean Strickland, middleweight goat. After that whole, that's I love it. Could be. What we do, Casey. That's what we we're do. Back we're, we're, we're back here. We're back here already. We're decisive we're and we make calls. And that's the call. <laughs> Sean Strickland is now responsible for like two of the funniest 10 things that have ever happened inside a cage. This fight and getting booped by Pereira. I still watch that clip just when I'm sad sometimes. I'm like, this will be funny. Look at this man walk into a right like a freaking left hook. It's the best. I will say, just because like I know we're, we're laughing a bunch and we're making we're having a good time tonight. It takes like incredible uh, humility for a human being to get colded in such a crazy, like memorable way that Sean Strickland got colded by Alex Pereira, like the, the way that we will see that replay forever for the rest of our lives. And then go to Alex Pereira and be like, Hey bro, like that was pretty bad. Do you want to train together? Cause I'd really love to train with you. Like that takes an incredible level of humility to do that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> we just watched arguably the, like the best kickboxer that's ever stepped foot in MMA get beat up by a dude who exclusively threw a jab and a right hand. <laughs> he didn't throw like a bunch of hooks. There no uppercuts. There was oh, did he throw a kick? Did he even throw a bunch of front kicks, kicks as guys, as like distant right. setters. Guys, yeah, but guys not one level change, I don't think. Just oh my god, I see the comment guys, you're excited about Shaheen. Guys, guys, guys. Let's go. All Let's right. go. So this this is coming from Kaz Marius over here in the comment it. section. I think we have a new front runner for funniest possible outcome that could come out of this. Alright, let's let's see it. Casey, can you pull this oh. up or should I oh, hold on this one? There it is. There it is. The actual yeah. funniest next fight is if they let Anderson Silva come back. And Anderson Silva somehow gets his belt back in a proper retirement fight. Who are you picking? Sean Strickland or Anderson Silva? I'm picking Sean Strickland. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Sean too. But, you know, weirder things have happened, Mike Heck. 
I mean, look, it nothing's really out of the funny. realm of possibility. Nothing's impossible anymore. And I think that's like one of the big takeaways is that, you know, when you're feeling down and you feel like maybe there's other people better than you out there, just look to Sean Strickland. Just tap into Sean Strickland. Just figure it out because Sean can do it. You can do it too. And what I've learned as someone who tries to predict MMA is when it comes to pay-per-views and actually wagering on things, uh, I'm taking the George Costanza approach and just doing the opposite of everything I thought was right. That's it. For Mike, for a while, I tried to get a Costanza gimmick back going, and uh, it did not work out well. <laughs> so but just I, be you have to warned. pick your spots. You have to pick you your do. spots. Uh, picking those spots is tough. Um, I'm just saying, be forewarned, I tried the Costanza gimmick. Didn't get very far. I'm taking a future shot on Stipe like tomorrow at this point. Dude, uh, I am... I'm gonna a thousand percent bet Francis to beat Tyson Fury. <laughs> it won't happen. That's the one. But like, That's the one. but like, what if? At this point, I think Eric Nixick is pos- capable of anything. Like, I'm not yep. putting anything past that man. He's gonna Eric beat Tyson Nick- Fury with just like a jab. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? He doesn't even knock him this, out. Like, he just kind of like game. Yeah, he's he just weirdly outboxes him for like ten or twelve rounds or however long this is. Nothing is impossible Noth- anymore. It's true. Nothing, Nothing is, is impossible, impossible anymore. In a world where Sean Strickland, can you imagine? I mean, it's ridiculous to say because if you asked me this a month ago, I would have laughed at you. Can you imagine telling, like, going to yourself right after the Poetan loss and being like, that dude's going to be champ? Oh, the guy who just knocked out Sean Strickland? Actually, yes, him too, but no, the guy he knocked out. That's going to be your undisputed middleweight Dude, champ within not 18 only, months. Not 14 months. 14 months later. That happened less, like barely less than a year ago. Going into 2023, Sean Strickland had lost two in a row, and one of them was the Pereira loss. Like that was what he was entering the year off of a two-fight losing streak. Dude, if you see a mountain you've always wanted to climb, go climb it tomorrow. Like just do do it. Um, Go run a marathon. Mountain climbing is actually dangerous, and I don't want your death on my conscience. I mean, like trail mountain climbing, not like not not like cliffs, not cliffs, but just like. I don't want to walk up this hill for seven hours. Just go walk it. Hell, run it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. Kevin Garnett, what, anything is possible. Oh, this is a good question. Oh, a good which Sean, on, yeah. yeah, we'll end with this. Sure. Uh, which Sean's reign is shorter, Sean O'Malley's or Sean Strickland's? Shaheen. God, I... I mean, if okay, so in this world, I'm just assuming because this is sort of what we've been fed that Sean's next, Sean O'Malley's next opponent is Marlon Vera, and Sean Strickland's next opponent is Israel Adesanya. In that world, I think Sean Strickland has a better chance to beat Izzy again than Sean O'Malley does to beat Marlon Vera again because I think Marlon Vera is a really tough matchup for O'Malley, and we've already seen that. But I don't know, man. This is this is a tough question. I, I'll, I'll go with Strickland, but I don't feel great about it. I'm saying O'Malley. Um, first, if Joe Silva was still in charge, a thousand percent, these two Shans would be fighting on the next card together. They would do the double Sean pay-per-view event. Yep. Um, they still may, but that's if Joe Silva was in charge, a hundred percent that's happening. Uh, I will say O'Malley because I think Strickland, based on that fight, Strickland's got a really good chance of beating Izzy again because he just beat that ass for 20 of the 25 minutes they fought. So I think you got to give him the credit of that win. Uh, I think O'Malley, 
is going to get um, beat fairly badly by Cheeto Vera. I don't think Cheeto Vera is the best band away in the world. I think he is a uniquely poor matchup for for Sean O'Malley, and that's awkward for him. I'm going to say Strickland solely because he's going to fight like six times before O'Malley fights twice. So there's just more. I'm playing the law of averages. The more Sean fights, he's going to fight way more than Sean O'Malley is. Like if I mean, Sean think, beats Cheeto, I won't see him for like another year. Okay, that's fair. Because I, I do think there's a very real possibility we see Sean in either December or January range. Yeah. Dude, you can't fight December, man. Sean Strickland will headline. Oh, O'Malley. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean, Sean you Strickland. Strickland you got Fighter of the Year locked up, dude. Don't fight. No, no, no. He's done. Yeah, Strickland's gonna like headline back, like like back to back pay per views at some point because he's just like, all right, I'll fight. Sure, I'll do it. That's just the kind of guy he is. And Sean O'Malley's just like, nah, I need to find somebody who's gonna make me a trillion dollars because they're just in two different worlds, two different businesses. So. If if Sean Strickland does not fight again. In 2023, is there any other fighter on the schedule with fights scheduled who could steal fighter of the year from him with any result? John Jones. Grosso? If Grosso wins? No. I would still give I it won't. to Strickland. Strickland's still getting would, my vote. Grosso what about Sean O'Malley? Twice? Beating the goat beating the goat twice. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't beating the I don't ever do it. Beat more than the same person. I hated the year we gave it to Max over um, DJ. Yeah, because he beat Aldo twice. Like, no, it's the same dude. It's not the same fight technically, but there's too much overlap. I think John Jones is the only person. I think even if John Jones goes out there and destroys a, a very old Stipe, I'm still giving yeah. it to to Strickland. Oh no, it's Strickland. No matter. Look, it's I, it's. I agree. I will. Now. But everyone well, we immediately got our onto the John Jones yeah. train as soon as he came back and beat Cyril Gaon, who may or may not be good. So he beat Stipe, and now he's, you know, cementing himself as the greatest fighter of all time. People, there's a really good narrative there for John. I think O'Malley's got the best, maybe, especially hearing you guys say like you don't, you don't think he's gonna beat all- Cheeto. If he beats Aljo and Cheeto in a four month span, wins the belt and defends it. I think, I think he's on the list. Uh, yeah, I think that that's your three-man your three man list, and if Grosso wins by default, she probably will be in the well, mix. Well, Islam, but. too, beating Charles twice would be. So here's the thing. Uh, Islam will actually be the one who deserves it um, if he beats Volkanovski and then Charles this year. Like that's – he will actually deserve it. That's true. I forgot two, about the Volk. Those two wins are much better than any wins the other people have. Um, but – I don't just the way this thing works. It's it's a lot of narrative, and I don't think it'll be. A, I would probably actually would vote for Islam just for that, but because again, Sean's three and zero, and one of the greatest upsets of all time. All that's true. One of those wins is Abus, and the other is Nasserdin Imovov. It's like at two hundred five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. sure, but right. you can sell me that Cyril Gan and Stipe are more meaningful wins, you know. And certainly Volkanovski and Oliveira. But at this point, if I'm Islam, dude, be on notice because wonky shit's happening in 2023, man. Yep. Golly. I got a lot of concerns about my belief that Islam Mahashev should just beat the brakes off of Charles Oliveira, (laughs) given everything that's happened the last like four months. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Good, gentlemen. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm never going to be good again, Casey. Sean <laughs> Realistically, we could do this for another two hours and we would just sit here. Yeah, it's the same exact stuff. Listen, five in about five hours and 20 minutes from right now, we're going to be me and AK are going to be on this here network matchmaking after this crazy card. So 9 a.m. Eastern on to the next Guys, one. As we leave, I want to put this out there. Just think about this in the future. Sean Strickland and his infinite cardio versus nose job DDP. What will that fight look like in the third round? Golly. I hope we get to see it. I hope we get to see it too. I hope we get to see it too. What a world. I think we've talked a lot of things out. I think we've... No, we haven't made sense of anything. I got a lot more stuff I'm, I'm, to I'm, talk just I'm confused still. I'm confused. Yeah. I'm I think we need lost. a few days to, to decipher all of this, and uh, then we'll have uh, an educated response to it. And maybe we never will. But just remember this day, people. This is not a dream. This is real. John Strickland is the middleweight champion of the world. And with that, for Jed, for Casey, for Shaheen, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Get some sleep. I love y'all so much. You're both, a both the baby. people at home and the people on this broadcast with me. Believe in yourself. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it.